back in on Canuck Central. And Canuck Central is for Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Main or at EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. Always get in touch with us on the Dunbar Lumber text inbox and Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Uh... We, we may have a tiny bit of uh, some breaking news. And we were joking about this, um, that we have Patrick Alvin on. And that uh, don't be surprised if all of a sudden a trade comes down the pipe. Because, you know, the Canucks have been so active on this. And last time they spoke to the media, you know, mere minutes later, or it was a day later, they made a trade. A report now by Elliot Friedman on Twitter. We had to, I had to double check for a second because... Uh, Izzy, Israel Fair. It's Satyar Shah with Israel Fair. He brought the phone over. I'm like, wait, is this, is this actually real? It is real. Confirmed. Confirmed. So Elliot Friedman on Twitter says, There is word tonight, talks between Vancouver and Calgary are intensifying around Elias Lindholm. We'll see where this goes. I mean, I, I thought we'd hear some news about a trade pretty quickly, jokingly. I didn't expect, like, literally <laughs> before the next segment. They must have listened to us yesterday because we were both pretty high on Lindholm being the guy that the Canucks should should go and get get yeah. onto this team. And let's see what happens here if this trade actually goes down and it's going to happen or whatever it is, right? But that's the name that the Lynx were pretty strong with. And he fits so many different needs. The question comes down to what's the cost to acquire this player? Because you're going to have to move something off your salary or your roster. He makes too much money, even if they retain half his money, for you to not move anybody off the roster. Somebody has to go. They could pull that trade off with maybe just Hoaglander. But if you want to have real space, you have to move a bigger forward, probably Kuzmenko. So what what is the deal going to look like to Calgary? And that's what I'm fascinated about. Because um, is it one of those where you're sending a guy like Kuzmenko over? Is it going to a different team? Like, what? how is this all going to work out? And we'll see if, if this does come to fruition uh, before the night is over and before the show is over. But if Elliot Friedman is putting you out, that word is the Canucks and, and the Flames are intensifying their discussions around Elias Lindholm, it's probably pretty close. The Flames are in a position that Canucks fans are really familiar with, which is this idea at least this is the way that it's being framed out of Calgary. Do you think our sorry? Do you think our discussion held up the trade talks? You might, yeah. If it doesn't <laughs> happen tonight, you can blame. <laughs> is it because he came yeah. to talk to us? Yeah, yeah. We 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 distracted Patrick Alvin for fifteen minutes. Oh. But uh, yeah, Flames fans are or the Flames, they have been talking about wanting NHL roster players and and slightly younger players. And Kuzmenko is, I guess, older than the average second year player, but he's, he's not 30. He's still a player that yeah. you would think in the right situation in the prime of his career. Um, guy almost scored 40 goals last year. He still has something that uh, is going to be attractive to a team. And look, a team in Calgary, people were talking about Chicago mm-hmm. being a fit just because of the lack of salary there and that they haven't been able to score pretty much at all since Connor Bedard got injured. The Flames have really struggled to score. Oh, yeah. The, Jonathan Huberdeau has gone down into the tank since arriving there. It's pretty astonishing how a player who was universally considered a star, 100-point guy, has now all of a sudden become one of the worst contracts in the league, if not the worst contract. Like, if his game doesn't improve, it's the worst contract in the NHL. Yeah. Like, ten point, like who else is making $10.5 and producing, like, a third liner? It's rough. 
I mean, think about the way people were talking about Eric Carlson's contract last yeah, year. And he's really a little bit yeah. older than Huberto, but like Huberto's not 25. He's in his 30s now. And it was like Eric Carlson was having a historic season. He was doing things that a defenseman hadn't done in a generation. And we were talking about how awful this contract was. And it was an anchor for the Sharks. They weren't going to be able to move it. They weren't going to get much value back for it. Huberto has done almost nothing. He's got for the six. Flames. He's got six goals this season. I know he's never been a huge goal scorer. He had thirty goals once, but six goals, twenty six points. They're not producing any offense. So you would imagine that a team that appears more set on a retool than a reset would look at someone like Kuzmenko and go, "Hey, maybe this guy can get us some more goals." And the Flames still do have pieces. Whether or not they keep Hannafin, you, you I think feel pretty good about yeah. the top end of their blue line. But that's that's why it makes like the Canucks line up with with Calgary there that the Canucks have Kuzmenko mm-hmm. throw Hoaglander out there roster players that make sense for a team that's not looking to do that tear it down rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some more reporting on the Canucks and Flames talks intensifying. Kevin Weeks is getting in on the action. He's saying uh, he is told that there's something including something going on with the Calgary Flames and has a second follow up tweet saying. That could be with the Canucks. That could include Lindholm from the Flames for Kuzmenko and some other pieces. That is from Kevin Weeks on X or Twitter or whatever you want to say, and it's verified. I'm I'm I'm, make, I'm like being very meticulous here to go on their accounts. It's and that make time sure. of year, Sat. You gotta be you gotta be sure. Yeah, that it's not Fridge H N Y C. It's Fridge H N I C. Yes, so you gotta make good. sure. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, somebody's like Zadorov going back the other way. I don't think that so. one seems unlikely. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be it. Uh, people are making predictions. Tim in Vancouver says Ratu Kuzmenko in a first, which is essentially the uh, Bo Horvat deal reversed. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> Cap dump Ratu in a pick. I mean, that's so. If, if it ends up Kuzmenko because of of the salaries, fair enough. Then the discussion goes: Is it is it a future pick? Is it a raw two type prospect? I think it's going to have to be a first. I think the only thing that would really knock people's socks off is one of the two top prospects, Lakiramaki and, and Willander. I'd be absolutely floored if it's Lakiramaki or Willander. Or and if if it's not, I think you have to feel pretty good about whatever it is that's being given. Yeah, I mean, listen, to make the money work, a guy like Kuzmenko would have to go, right? Like in terms of if you really want to do it, um, and you know from. I just got a text from somebody. I just, I just sent something in, and it could very well be Kuzmenko going the other way. No, we'll see. Like, no, nothing's done. The one thing I was also told was if it happens. So let's let's see until it's official here what goes down. But if it's going to happen with Calgary, early war it seems to be, it's going to be uh, involving Andre Kuzmenko going the other way. Now, we'll see if that does come to fruition or not. But in addition to that, we know what Calgary is looking for. They're looking for a first-round pick. They're looking for a higher-end young player. I think if you're doing Hoaglander a first and Kuzmenko, it's probably too rich for my blood to do all three of those assets. As good as I think Lindholm can be. So Texton, what about Pud Colson? I mean, he's kind of the forgotten man he in is. this I, mix. I mean, I've I've always liked Pud Colson's game, and I think uh, his game projects to be decent down the road here. Like, I do think so, like, he can play a solid role. I and think, I think he'd be a, a middle six. Yeah, guy. I think there's, there's stuff there. So, I mean, sure. I just, if you're trading Kuzmenko in a first and another and a good prospect, it's just, for a guy who's kind of struggled too, 
and as a rental, it, it's a high price to pay. It's not, it's not a cheap price to pay. I'd be comfortable with the first in Kuzmenko, sure. But is it probably going to be it more than that? It feels like it's going to be more than that. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Especially, you know, the Horvat comparison, for example. Uh, Lindholm and Horvat have very simil- similar career numbers. So you would have to imagine that the precedent set last year for, for what Vancouver paid or what the Islanders paid Vancouver to, to get Horvat, that it's going to be in that range. So it may, not, not an A-plus prospect, but a, a decent prospect, someone that you think, hey, this guy's got a chance to be a, a middle six player or a second pair guy if it's a D-man, but it, you know, most likely than not in this trade is going to be a forward in that first in, in a, a cap dump. Yeah. No, exactly. I think there has to be some sort of a some sort of a contract going out the other way as well. So uh, we'll keep you abreast on the situation. Uh, people texting in their their trade ideas here. Uh, what about Garland? I don't think it's going to be Garland. I don't think it's going to be Garland. Now we'll see. Again, the trade has to happen. Like we're reacting to a very fluid situation ongoing right now. Canucks and Flames reportedly in trade talks, intensifying around Elias Lindholm. And, and some people are asking, what type of player is Elias Lindholm? He's a two-way player. He's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, but has shown an ability to score goals. He's a right-handed shot. And he's somebody that can PK for you and do a lot of different things for you, right? So I think if you look at a team that needs somebody um, to be able to play center or play wing, is a right-handed shot who can PK and also play on your power play. He'd fit into that role that's missing on the power play right now. Pew Suter is playing it. Now you have a right-handed shot to mix in there as well. So now you have your five-man unit kind of complete, especially with Kuzmenko not getting that first power play unit time. So I think Lindholm, as much as he struggled this season, player profile-wise and the needs that he fits for this team, it's, it's a pretty versatile piece. And if you want somebody that can do different things, he certainly feels it fits into that regard, right? So I do think Elias Lindholm is a very useful player. He's a bona fide top six centerman, and he can play wing. And having that versatility, I think, is promising. But if you want to feel good about it, he's going to have to regain his form, which he hasn't shown so far this season. I still think there's a player there, because mm-hmm. I don't think he's, he's completely fallen off. But you know, to give you the Coles notes on the types of player type of player he is, versatile player, can do a bit of everything for you, multiple positions, right-hand shot, wins face-offs. Mm-hmm. And say so to get a guy like that, it's not cheap usually. And um, the question is, how does he fit in with Pedersen? In theory, they could be a decent match together. Yeah, I like the the potential for chemistry there. It is true, and it, it has to be stated, has, has not been great this season. You have to wonder how much of the potential trade and contract stuff uh, has contributed to that. But he, he brings a lot of these attributes, and this is a benefit of getting this kind of trade done early. Because when you think about it, the, the deadline in hockey is pretty darn close to the start of the playoffs. Guys are generally, they're getting traded. There's not a ton of time to really get assimilated here. You're, you're buying yourself uh, uh, an extra month for a player who is going to come to a team that's playing well, but is also to the, in in favor of the Canucks going to jump into what seems like a pretty identifiable role. It's not, Hey, we're bringing this guy in because we think he's talented. We're not sure where that fits going to be. There, you know, it, there, it's not in the sense that it's a slam dunk. Okay, this guy's going to play with Elias Pettersson from day one, and that's the way yeah. things are going to be. And and that and that has to work. They do have options, but that's a pretty darn good starting point, and is also the spot on the roster where, when you're looking at it, it's going well. What would make the biggest 
upgrade on this team? What would make the biggest change? Bring someone that can play here, that has uh, some versatility, that can fit, fit that skill set, and isn't uh, some like there's a text in here about not comparing Horvat to Lindholm, and he's on the downswing. You can't be paying him for past performances. We're not talking about contract extensions here. We're talking about what can Lindholm do to this Canucks team yes. today, and he has been. A, a productive player in the NHL. And you would have to think that given the opportunity that he would get here and some of the runway that he would have over the next few weeks to establish that chemistry and figure some things out, that the ceiling's pretty high. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I think it's the conversation about a contract, I think is a separate one. And we can have that down the road here as well. And and I wonder if its market has changed. We spoke to Julian McKenzie, your colleague at The Athletic the other day. I had a good breakdown. If you missed it, you can check it out on the podcast on Elias Lindholm's game, where things are at with his contract situation. This was a player that seemingly was looking at eight and a half, nine million plus on a long-term deal. I don't think he's played anywhere near the level where you feel comfortable giving that out. But is there going to be a realization that the market's going to be different? Could it fit in Vancouver here longer term? Uh, I certainly think uh, that's something that could uh, actually happen. Uh, a lot of reaction on this on the text inbox, 650-650. I mentioned uh, I got a text mentioning that if this deal does go down, it will be Kuzmenko working off what uh, Kevin Weeks had mentioned. Irfan Gafar and Rick Dollywall reporting on Twitter that if this deal does happen, it does look like it's going to be... Um, Andre Kuzmenko going the other way to the Calgary Flames. Now, again, a very fluid situation. And this, it's it, listen, I love these shows, but it's like you're you're trying to <laughs> figure out exactly what's going on by the seat of your pants here. And the thing too, if the Canucks make this deal, is it going to be the only thing they do? I would think no. I think if you get ahead of, of this now and you're able to get this done before the all-star break over full month over the trade deadline and you've, you've moved the Kuzmenko contract already, which is a big, a big piece yeah. in, in, in opening some things up. So if you're and th this is, this is what I would be doing as well. That's your big, that's your big move. That's your big cap dump to make. It makes sense to attach that to your a target or at least addressing the A need on your roster. But now they've got a little bit more time to get creative with, hey, is there another D-man that we can get here to really lengthen this group? Give us some some uh, a little bit more injury cover. It wouldn't be quite the same if, if Carson Soucy had been able to stay healthy, but now it's, it's, it's going to be a couple times that he's missed significant mm -hmm. periods of time here. You feel a lot better about adding another guy just to give you that length going into the playoffs yeah and now you know as far as the defense goes we spoke to Patrick Alvin and as far as Zadorov is concerned it seems like I think we had a good breakdown on the Zadorov stuff yesterday on the show that sure maybe something could happen I don't think it's a something that's imminent and certainly not something that's imminent based on the way Alvin answered the question I know Dollywell had some reporting on it today too mentioning that hey maybe the stuff getting out caught them off guard and it's not so much about it being imminent but maybe his name came up but they're not looking to trade him it's more like if you can get the upgrade you want and you're doing your due diligence, maybe the name came up, but I don't expect that to be the guy. But another defenseman seems to be something they're at the very least looking at. Because if, if the word, if Zadorov's name has been out there, they're not trading him for the sake of trading him. They would look to do it if they can get something else on the back end. So 
I don't know if the pursuit in finding some more depth on the back end is going to be over if this deal does not include, say, Tanev. Like, we don't know what the what everything is. Like, I, I don't know if it's going to be Lindholm and Tanev coming back to Vancouver together or whatever it is, but let's just assume it's for Lindholm by himself. I don't know if they're going to stop looking at the defense possibilities up until the deadline is over or they find their answer. Because you kind of have to look at it and say, hey, is there something that's going to come along or come along that can actually improve our defense if you're willing to do something bold? Yeah, and this buys them. This buys them that that time to do it, where you you don't have to juggle too many priorities heading into the deadline. So if if this price ends up coming in, you know the text box is is absolutely popping off with predictions of what the return could be, and you know now you know not forget put goals in the Klimovich, like another recent high draft pick that some people have you know, conf- conflicting opinions on uh and maybe maybe that's a guy that the flames are high on we don't know we'll mm-hmm. we'll find out when this package comes in but clearly if if the canucks are close here that there's a price that they're willing to pay to get this deal done maybe not today but potentially today if not today then maybe soon and then stretch out a little bit and it tweaking the defense or adding on defense while i think important isn't as roster shifting as getting this guy a top six piece who ticks a lot of the boxes in terms of the player and the skill set that that this team needs. Absolutely, uh, man. There is a lot of reaction on the text inbox. Six fifty, six fifty. Um, this one here says, "Maybe we were joking yesterday because you know people were texting in and be like, are you guys sitting on on the Sidney Crosby rumor?'" <laughs> like, I'm like, "What Sidney Crosby rumor? It's something that if there's a rumor, it's completely fabricated uh, by fans, you know, and, and it's maybe something that's on Reddit or whatever it is." But we have this text that just came in. Someone in the Flames subreddit had this an hour ago, saying they have a friend who works for the Flames, and they said it's Kuzmenko, a first round pick, and another player. I mean, Kuzmenko in a first, like we mentioned, I think. Now that we know that it seems like Kuzmenko is a part of the deal, our first is going to be for sure there. The question is, who's going to be the other player? Yeah, what you know? what level? And the, I the, Willander and Lekaramaki would be the only ones that would be stunning. Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I guess Hoaglander is a possibility. I know Calgary. I've mentioned this before. I think Calgary really likes Hoaglander. I think that they've asked about him in the past. Anytime Vancouver's called on Calgary players, clearly Vancouver's been re- reluctant to make that. Mm-hmm. I'd look at Hoaglander's value as being increased in juiced right now. And I'm not against trading him at all. Like, I'm, I'll trade anybody pretty much if you can find a way to make the team better. But is, is Lindholm the guy you're spending him a first on doing? Or could you get that deal done and then save Hoaglander either to be part of your future or for another deal down the road, whether that's this offseason, maybe closer to deadline or whatever it is? I, I'd like to separate those two. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I view it. Well, with Kuzmenko, even though, yes, the healthy scratches occasionally, but he's still a roster player. He's yeah, still he's... playing a lot. So giving up two roster players at the moment, it's not it's not harsh or steep. It's just, yeah, is that the best is that the best use of assets when the Canucks have a number of players in Abbotsford and the put Coles in, Klimovich, Ratu range, however you wanna call those players. Um and there, there are differences there. You know, Klimovich, I think, yeah. would be at the bottom there in terms of the prospects. But really solid NHL prospects. Is that something that the Flames are interested in? Uh, and is there, or is that something that you know you can you can make the deal including those guys and not including Hoaglander? 
that that would be ideal. Yeah. But I mean, you know, based on what, so the ask for, for what we know about the ask, and this was written in the athletic article as well uh, about some of the trade fits, it's essentially has been a good young player or prospect, a first round pick and somebody on the roster. So depending on the level of prospect, I mean, you'd love it to be a lower level prospect, but does it have to be a Ratu type? Does it have to be a Colson type? Does it have to be a Hoaglander type, right? Ultimately, to get this deal done. And that's something we're going to find out if and when this deal gets consummated and we know exactly what the moving parts are. The Canucks have a lot of players down in the minors who are showing well this this year. And listen, I'm not trying to mention his name here because he could get traded. I'm just saying, like, even a guy like Arshdeep Baines has played at a point where it's like, him. Hey, he's, he's an interesting prospect for you. So there are a number of candidates here that teams would be interested in. And you're going to have to pay something to get something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm really fascinated to see what that piece ultimately would be if this trade does go down. Like, is it going to be a Hoaglander type? Or have they built up enough value in, in the guys in Abbotsford where a player not named Ratu, not named Pitkolzin or Hoaglander is viewed as, hey, this is a prospect we're willing to take on. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the Flames have not indicated yet because this is going to be the first trade. Zadorov doesn't really count as that, that was a, a unique situation for a player who wanted out. Yes, pending UFA, but they weren't going to use that as a template for what the future was going to look like. They've got the pieces in Taneb, in Lindholm, in Hannafin, where that's going to really tell us the direction that they're looking to go in and what those kind of players, like which types of prospects, where do they have to be in their development. It's pretty clear that they want players that are pretty close or that they can give an opportunity to. Uh, There is one text here in, in the inbox about, Kuzmenko and his his limited no trade and going to Calgary and things so, like that. So this is something I, we brought up before. So he has a 12-team no trade. I don't know what teams are on it. I did wonder, would Calgary be on his no trade? Because if you go through the process of elimination of like, you know, where do you think he would want to go, where he, where mm-hmm. he wouldn't want to go, you hear a lot about the smaller Canadian markets oftentimes are amongst yep. the teams you don't want I mean, to go to. We know that he met with Edmonton yeah. before signing with Vancouver. Now, different scenario. It was potentially playing with Connor McDavid. A little that's, bit different or whatever. That's like when NBA guys would be fine playing in Cleveland because LeBron James was going to be there. You, you get that. But if, you know, he could he could change, I guess. He could waive it. So that, I think, you know, part of it, if the that's Flames the other are, la- The Flames need it. goal scorers. Yes. And they need their power play this year has not been good. We know that Kuzmenko, when he's playing well, can succeed in those spots. He also doesn't have a... It's We're not talking about a player with a, a major contract. Yes, the money this season mm-hmm. is not cheap, but he only has one year left after this. This guy is still playing for more contracts. You know how players get paid in the NHL? They score goals and they put up points. Yeah. So while maybe he's not planning to build a dream home outside of Calgary, there's an opportunity to rebuild the value that undeniably this year has taken a hit. Yeah, absolutely. Man, a lot of reaction on the text inbox, 650-650, courtesy of Dunbar Lumber. We'll try to hit as many as we can. Uh, We are going to be joined by Randy Janda on the other side, and we'll keep you abreast. The Canucks and the Calgary Flames reportedly talking trades centering around Elias Lindholm and other reports indicating that potentially Kuzmenko could be going the other way, but nothing is done yet, so we'll see ultimately if this does go down. And like Mark says on the text inbox, and others have mentioned this too, so you're saying the Canucks have six players at the All-Star game? Well, technically, yes, if, if this trade goes down. All right, uh, keep your thoughts coming in. We'll hit more of that, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest on the Canucks right here on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
hour two of Canuck Central. It's Satyar Shaw with Israel Fair. And this hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. Uh, let's go uh, to the heating, the dispatch plumbing, heating, and air conditioning hotline. We're joined by Randy Janda and Randeep. And we were going to chat with you about, you know, being a Toronto, the All-Star game and everything. And nothing's happened officially yet. However, reports, multiple reports, that the Canucks are talking trade with the Calgary Flames centering around center Elias Lindholm. Uh, the return, we don't quite know yet. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko's name has been mentioned as, as somebody who could be going the other way here, Randeep. So, I mean, uh, where's your head at now? I mean, you're probably getting ready to do some All-Star stuff, and now you got to think about Canucks trades. Yeah, this is kind of blown up here, Sat. What's going on, boys? And uh, overall, like, this is the place to be, I think, in terms <laughs> of the insiders as well. Yeah. Uh, just o- overall, you know, being in a position. And listen, we're not surprised to hear that the Canucks are going to be aggressive, that they're going to be in a position to make a deal like this. But Elias Lindholm, if this deal goes through and kind of poking around here, talking to people in Toronto, uh, it is a situation where, from what I've heard, yep, Kuzmenko is certainly um, in that discussion and draft picks as well. But we shall see what that amounts to overall. Um, that's still a developing and fluid situation. But boys, Elias Lindholm, let's talk about the versatility. That's the, the key point here. Um, positional versatility is one thing. The guy that can play down the middle, he can play on the wing, and also situational versatility, um, five-on-five player. Uh, he was a, a very good third option on a line with a Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk mm-hmm. a few years ago, the best line in hockey. And on top of that, guys, uh, penalty killer as well. So he gives you a little bit of everything um, and, you know, is maybe not the the number one name on a lot of lists, but is he a quality top six player that's going to make the Vancouver Canucks better if they pull off this deal? Absolutely. Where where do you like him? You know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead and, and putting him in the lineup right away. But, like, what's the what's the combo that you think? a player with his skill set, given the, the current Canucks roster, where, where does he fit best? Yeah, I think with, um, you know, Elias Lindholm, obviously we think of the spot that he could potentially could be vacated in a trade like this as the, the Pedersen's, you know, wing, right? So that's one area that you automatically look at. But I, what I like about Lindholm is that he's able to adjust. He's one of the better dual threats. And, okay, on the high end, we know some of the dual threats in the NHL, guys that are good passers and shooters. And at the very highest, it's what the Nikita Kucherovs of the world, it's the Leon Dreisels. But Elias Lindholm, what I like about his game is his versatility, that he's been a playmaker and he's a guy that scored 40 goals in his career. He's not that player right now. So the best fit to me, I would still want to see him probably play alongside Elias Pettersson. I think that's an area where you have two guys that can shoot and pass. They could probably work off each other and you simplify uh, you know, Ilya Mikheyev's role on that line. But if that doesn't work, or let's just say that runs dry after a few games, if this deal were to go down, boys, um, is he a player that can mesh with a JT Miller? Absolutely he can. Yeah. He's, a, he's a guy that, you know, can finish those opportunities that the leading primary assist uh, man in the NHL can provide you and vice versa. So, or he, can he, you know, can he provide Brock Besser with some great shooting opportunities as well? I'd like to see him in Pedersen's line if, if that's an option first. If this deal goes down, that's the big, you know, the big caveat here and the big kind of 
uh, disclaimer that we have to use. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's a, a fit on both lines, to be quite honest with you. And the vers- versatility that he provides, right? Like, I think there are a lot of things about his game where you can look at it and say, okay, you're, you know, you're giving up a lot probably to get this player. Can he produce enough for you? But having a guy that can do different things for you, I think come playoff time is going to be very important, especially when injuries hit. And they have a lot of guys like that on this team. And if you start looking at MOs and guys they go after, they really ha- like to get players that have multifaceted skill sets. So Lindholm would fit that as well. And it gives us a, a better, you know, more of an indication of truly how they want to build a team out. Like they really want to have those two-way guys that can do a, a bit of everything for you. No doubt. And I think going back to that year when Elias Lindholm was on the line with, you know, Brock Besser and Jay, or sorry, excuse me, uh, with uh, Matthew Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau, um, you know, he was the third option on that line. We know that Gaudreau was one of the more dynamic players in the league that year. We know what Matthew Kachuk has been, but that's not a, um, you know, a way of putting the player down it's just a he knows his role on a line where he can do either of those things so you talk about the versatility on a line is one thing but he's also going to be a player that can give you something different on the power play and you know if this is uh once again the disclaimer if this is a deal that goes down um he does give you an option you know he's been playing that uh, right wall um in calgary at times too he's you know in a position um, to score he's a good passer so that to me you know this is a guy that makes a lot of sense he's not necessarily a hard skill guy which is something that I think um, the Vancouver Canucks could use and that's not to say that this is the only move that they'll make mm-hmm. but this is a guy that does bring you know an element to the top six where sometimes you have to sacrifice skill when you're trying to pick up a a hard skill player uh, with a wise Lindholm you don't sacrifice that this is a guy is a, a top six player in the NHL um, and if you make other moves and you try to, to supplement the lineup with certain types of players, they've done that in the further, you know, further down the lineup. You yeah. look at, you know, Sam Lafferty and, and the Niels Oman and the Dakota Joshua's of the world, like they have hard skill there. So it's not a uh, prerequisite that if they're going to make a move that they have to bring that element. So Lindholm certainly provides you with that skill and that versatility that you need in the playoffs. Remember injuries, um, you know, matchups not going your way and you got to, you got to tinker and you have to have more options. This is a guy that fits really well into that. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that we wondered about is Andre Kuzmenko has a 12-team no-trade list. And we wondered when stuff was out there about Vancouver and Calgary, I'm like, man, like considering you look at the landscape, would Calgary be a team that would be on his no-trade list? We didn't have an answer for it. But I wondered, like, hey, look at the process of elimination and which teams would be on it. It would seem like Calgary, Ottawa, Winnipeg, those types of teams would kind of be on the no-trade list. And uh, we have reports by both Rick Dollywall and uh, Dave Pinota saying that Andre Kuzmenko has Calgary on their no-trade list. However, there's a process ongoing to talk to Kuzmenko about waiving that no-trade list, a no-trade uh, for Calgary to go to the Calgary Flames. So it seems like uh, the position here is still fluid insofar as Kuzmenko holds all the cards here. He can say no. So, you know, uh, that's, I think, going to be very fascinating because if he says no, he knows they try to trade him, Randy, right? And that always creates a really sticky situation. So it's going to be fascinating to see what decision Kuzmenko makes. Yeah, and, you know, if you're a player in this situation, you have to also see what's better for you, right? Right now, and we've talked about this on the post-game shows, we always look at the, the ice time of, you know, how much has Kuzmenko played? How much is he going to get in the next game? And what game is, you know, against the Chicago, he plays well, he looks dynamic. Um, and the other games, not so much. So if you're a player, you're saying, where am I in a position to succeed? And, and this is one of the considerations you have to make as a, an NHL player to say, hey, I understand I'm on this team. I signed with this team, but the way it's been trending, 
you know, you're seeing 10, 11 minutes of ice. You're not necessarily getting the trust of the coach. Uh, that's not a surprise to anybody. So, you know, this is a decision where him, his agent, Dan Milstein, have to sit down and say, hey, is this a spot that even though it might be on our no trade list, uh, the list you, you know, is that something that you're essentially saying, um, I'm willing to reconsider that because at least it will give me an opportunity to play top six minutes. At least it's going to give me an opportunity to play on a top line and really up those totals and, and play a meaningful role on the team where right now in Vancouver, guys, he's a bottom six guy. His, his time on ice you know, per game is, is equaling a fourth liner right now. And, and that's one of those decisions you have to make in your career to say, it might have been on my no trade list before. Uh, it might be time to reassess that now. Yeah, I mean, you, you've seen it, and Kuzmenko's, just from the eye test and, and the doing the body language stuff, is hard to read because on the bench, he's still so bubbly and smiley and stuff, but very clearly, this season has been a struggle. The production hasn't been there. Do you imagine, just because of the way that this season has played out for him, that having those tough conversations, whether it's with his agent or the feedback that he's been receiving from Rick Tockett or the feedback that he maybe is receiving from the management team, is spelling it out pretty clearly, even just beyond being involved in this trade, that maybe this isn't the right fit uh, the way that the Canucks want to play. I mean, we t- we just talked to Patrick Alvin and asked him specifically about Kuzmenko, and he said that this is still a young player uh, who's only in his second year in the NHL, and it was a pretty drastic change in terms of the systems and the structure that the Canucks want to play. Uh, very clearly, given the way that that's gone for the Canucks, they're not going away from that. No, and, and, you know, when you start looking at the way that this team wants to play, not necessarily now. We're seeing it already ingrained in their heads about, hey, the trust factor, getting pucks deep, guys. You know, puck management is oh so important in the playoffs. Um, Andre Kuzmenko still struggles on that front, getting pucks deep, uh, not making that extra move or that spinorama near the offensive blue line. And in some of those games, and I, I want to go back to the St. Louis game, um, that was a struggle for one Andre Kuzmenko. And there's certain moments in the game you're saying, oh, he's looking all right, or he's looking pretty decent. Uh, there's some confidence there. But, you know, there are other moments where a couple of big giveaways go back the other way, lead to momentum going the other way, leading to, you know, scoring chances for the Blues. And those are so much more magnified in the playoffs. They can really turn a series. So, you know, I think it comes down to trust for me of, Yes, he is a second-year player in the NHL, but where this team is at right now, they need players that they can trust, and that's where Andre Kuzmenko in that St. Louis game, you know, you're right, uh, uh, Izzy, with his demeanor on the bench. Generally, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. He doesn't, you know, get too stressed, but he, he tries his best. But in that St. Louis game, you know, you saw him, you know, sit on the bench for an extra minute after the period was over, um, and it felt like it was maybe kind of getting to him at that moment in time. So, uh, the trust is the key word here, and, and this is where, you know, sometimes you know, a new coach comes in and maybe, just maybe, um, doesn't jive with the style of play that they want to play, and, and that's clearly the case here. Now, the question I have is, do the Canucks, you know, have that runway to say, hey, Kuzi, down the stretch, we're willing to give you the benefit of the doubt? I don't think so. This is a, a team that's fighting for top spot in the NHL. Um, the, the situation has now changed. Maybe there was patience at the beginning of the year now, you're a cup contender. Uh, you have to take every move very, very seriously because the cup and, and making it deep into the playoffs is the goal. Oh, absolutely it is. And Randy, we appreciate you giving us a little bit of time. We wanted to talk All-Star, <laughs> but we're out of time with you. But uh, we can we can catch up once you come back from Toronto and uh, keep us updated. Like You might know before we do, so let us know, please. 
Sounds good, boys. I'm, I'm going to be uh, basically chatting in converse, you know, conversations. Yeah, I was at dinner. I jumped out, and I, I've been the worst dinner guest uh, because <laughs> I've been looking at my phone the whole time and, and talking to people and texting people. So uh, I don't think my dinner uh, folks at dinner like me very much right now because I've been there for a total of five minutes. Hey, listen, that's part of the business, right? But, uh, it is. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yo, Randy, go and enjoy uh, the, uh, the week in Toronto. We'll chat with you when you come back. Cheers, boys. Have a good one, and uh, definitely be uh, keeping an eye on everything that's going on in Vancouver because Patrick Alvin, uh, he likes to bring news in like bunches. His extension <laughs> and potentially more coming here. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, a lot going on here. Uh, thanks, Randy. That's thanks, Randy, Randy Janda from, from Toronto uh, at the All-Star festivities. Uh, man, and we have uh, some more developing here on this. Darren Dreger saying the Canucks and Flames are working on a trade, as reported. Kuzmenko may be involved. If not, it will be picks and prospects. Lindholm to the Canucks, not yet complete. So if Kuzmenko doesn't wave, it seems like the Canucks and Flames are far enough down the road that they have a few different scenarios that may play out here. So as time goes on and the more information we get, it seems increasingly imminent that something's going to go down. It's just fluid in terms of what the parts are involved in the trade. And then would that mean that Kuzmenko has to be moved imminently to a place that he wants to go? Is there another trade? You know, like we heard Chicago yeah. and somebody was asking us, um, could there be uh, a three-team deal involved? They don't happen as much in hockey, but they, they are known to happen. I mean, we've seen them with uh, recently with the retentions. Yes. Right, so, the the money, the cap laundering retentions. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so there are ways to do it. It has happened before. You wouldn't put it past them, given how they've worked. And how this front office usually has has operated has been always thinking a few steps ahead on a trade. So if they're moving a guy, it's because they know they can move the money off of it. Now, maybe it's a scenario where, hey, the Canucks can trade Kuzmenko. They would prefer to do it to Calgary because the return they're getting for him on another team may not be what they want it to be. It would be preferable probably for you to, to just make the clean swap mm-hmm. as opposed to making another trade, especially if the value's not quite there for them. But if, you, if you're dead set on getting the player, which it seems like the Canucks are on mm-hmm. getting Elias Lindholm, then maybe you're willing to pay the little extra doing it the other way, but your first preference might be to send Kuzmenko to Calgary. Yeah, that's that's the cleanest way. But look, is there a scenario where Chicago's involved, they get a little something for it for, for helping out on the cap, and maybe there's some retention, and they, they get a pick out of it to, to make things work, and Kuzmenko does have this this limited no trade. So there are, there are things. It's not as simple as just, yeah. just simply making the deal happen. No, and somebody asked, is it possible that it could be Kuzmenko for Lindholm straight up? I know. I mean, I mean, I guess no, though. Like, I, I think it's a very small likelihood. The Canucks are most certainly trading something else of substance along with Kuzmenko to Calgary, whether that's a first plus, whether that's a prospect and, an, and another type of pick, a high picker or, or high prospect. There's going to have to be something of value in addition to Kuzmenko going the other way. That's just going to be the reality of the trade. Now, if it's just picks or prospects, that probably means the Canucks have to pay a little bit more to mm-hmm. get Calgary to retain because the only way they can make it work with Calgary without trading Kuzmenko is getting Calgary to retain half the salary. Now, there is a world where you can get Calgary to retain. You can use LTIR if you put Susie on LTIR, and you can make it work for the time being. And then you figure it out. And you figure it out as the season goes on. Maybe injuries happen. So there are ways for you to pull it off. You have to probably go with a tighter roster. You may not be able to do 23 players. You might have to go to 21 at times, and that obviously can create some consternation for the coaching staff. But it's it's a situation you can deal with and survive with. It's just not preferable. But there are avenues here for the Canucks to get Lindholm 
if they retain half the salary without trading either Hoaglander nor Kuzmenko. But if you're getting Calgary to retain half his salary, you're probably paying an extra price a for that premium. as well. Yep. It's an extra, what, is that a second? Is it a third? Whatever they agree to, there's going to be a price I mean, in a lot of those, those money, those cap laundering trades, yeah. teams were picking up an extra second, an extra third. Or a fourth or For taking up yeah. 25% of, of a player's cap to, to help bring it down to the, the actual acquiring team. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's the, the situation uh, that you could see unfold here. Because the money on... So Lindholm is making four point five million on the four point eight five million yeah. on the cap. Yeah. So I think that's something like two point seven five million at retained at half. Mm-hmm. So the Canucks could make it work at that, but they would have to dip into LTIR and may have to go with a smaller roster. But there's no way you're getting Tana for those asking if no, you're not including it, n- not not with the, there's no way what we're what we're hearing is is going to happen. No, yeah. no. Uh, the only way you could get Tana too is if they clear more space, and, and that's why we were talking about. Zadorov the last yes. couple of days as that's enough. If you're moving him now, that creates enough space in the range, and then you, you can know, make it fit. And for those uh, just tuning in, uh, trade talks apparently reportedly between the Canucks and the Calgary Flames centering around Elias Lindholm. Andre Kuzmenko could be on his way to Calgary. He has a no trade clause, however, and the Calgary Flames are on that clause. And as reported uh, by insiders like Rick Dollywall, there's a process ongoing to discuss him waiving his no trade clause and. I guess there's a chance he could say no or say, take, you know, send me somewhere else. That's, that's always a possibility. But usually when a team approaches a player, and now we saw Tory Krug, we've yep, seen he chances where he said, where he said no. Yep. But generally when a player f- hears he, he's not wanted, they will even begrudgingly at some point say, okay. Uh, we and saw it, Dan again, Like if This is a guy with, with a year left on this deal. Yeah. Tory Krug signed a long-term deal with St. Louis. He was a veteran player, and the idea was like, I'm, I'm going here to play for the rest of my career and I've got this no trade protection that that solidifies that. Kuzmenko, as good as he was last year, as productive as he was last year, is still not an established player. That's that's been made clear this year. He's been healthy scratched. He's not getting the the prime assignments, the prime opportunities. So that's that's just this is just at least the way that I would interpret it, a very straight up conversation with a guy what is your immediate future going to look like? How are you going to get back to being a productive player where you can continue to sign these contracts? If he has, for personal reasons or even professional reasons, no desire to go to Calgary and thinking, well, this team's not really going for it, then that that might ultimately be his answer. But yeah. if I was in the position of advising him on this, it's, hey, you can go to a team where they need goal scorers. They're going to give you an opportunity to put up some points, and you can establish yourself as being a highly productive player in the league. Yeah, no, absolutely you can. All right, keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox, 650-650. We'll hit more of your questions and comments on the other side. We, we were going to do overrated, underrated. We've decided to move overrated, underrated to tomorrow because if a trade does come down in the next 15, 20 minutes while we're on air, we, we have to end that segment. We prefer to keep it. For tomorrow. So we'll do overrated, underrated on Thursday. We have Kim Woodley as well coming up on Thursday. We'll try to get to the latest on what's going on with the Canucks and the Calgary Flames. And we'll see if the Canucks do make a trade with the Flames to acquire Elias Lindholm, as it has been reported uh, by various insiders uh, that cover the National Hockey League. It's Satyar Shah with Israel Fair. This is Canucks Central on Sportsnet 650.
back in on Canuck Central. Maybe you should call it Trade Central. Satyar Shah with Israel Fair in for Dan Riccio. We joke with Dan Riccio. Every time he goes away, something happens. And something is happening. <laughs> uh, this hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com Canada for a smart demonstration. Trade Talk always gives you extra boost, always gives you extra energy. And um, so Elon Shark, who was producing the show, keeps asking me, when can we play the breaking news sounder? I think you may have to hit the breaking news sounder. Sportsnet 650, breaking news. Uh, various reports, various supports, reports from uh, Darren Dreger, Ren Lavoie, Chris Johnson, indicate, and others indicate, the Canucks have traded for Elias Lindholm. The trade call is in the process of getting done. Andre Kuzmenko has reportedly waived his no-trade clause to go to the Calgary Flames. We still don't know uh, all the moving pieces in this trade. What else is involved? Uh, Dreger has said that uh, part of the deal will be multiple assets going to Calgary for Elias Lindholm. But until it's this, until it's officially official, it seems like the Canucks have very well acquired Elias Lindholm, getting the top six forward they've been looking for. Yeah, and the you know the hurdle here. Over the last uh, half hour, 40 minutes in talking about Lindholm to Vancouver was Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. And now that that, by the reports, has been settled and that he is going to Calgary, and I can only assume, you know, as brilliantly laid out by me, the reasons why he would be willing to do that, even though this is a team that was originally on his no trade list. Not a situation that was really working out this season very clearly not going to be a change in coaching and co- uh, change in management at this point, given the success that the Canucks have had players still trying to prove himself. And the Canucks unsurprisingly with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin at the helm being aggressive here. Um, now the last stretch and whether it's announced by the team or some of the insiders get the final pieces here will be the reaction to what are the prospects, you know, no one will be surprised if there's a first-round pick involved. So it's it's going to come down to yeah. which prospect is is in this deal. Yeah, and, and honestly, like you know, it's I'm doing my best trying to text people and I try to make a couple calls during the break to try to get some information on it. Everything's very fluid, and I don't think anybody has a true handle on who the prospect is. And I don't want to name the names that I've heard because I think it's unfair because not they're all not moving. It's going to be one of the players, but listen, uh, the Canucks are going to be moving something else of substance here. You know, uh, the first round pick, it seems like a pick's going to be involved, but a, pro- a prospect or a young player of some level of substance. Um, obviously, they've said they have a reluctance to move. I mean, guys like Willander, guys like Lakira Mackey, for instance, um, they also said that sometimes you, make, you have to make some tough decisions. And how tough a decision you're willing to make is going to be key here. Uh, Pierre Lebrun has reported that there is currently no contract extension talks between the Canucks and Elias Lindholm. That's not part of uh, the trade discussions in terms of getting a deal done here. And when we spoke to Jim Rutherford a couple weeks ago, is he the thing he mentioned to us was, we may trade for somebody who we, he, we might have an idea that we want to keep, but maybe not sign him right away. Bring him in and kind of see how it goes. I would imagine if you're bringing Elias Lindholm in, you have some thought to keeping him here. But you probably want to see how it fits in first before mm-hmm. 
spending what's going to be a huge contract, even if he's not getting uh, what he was looking for, eight or nine million per season or seven, eight years or whatever, it's still going to be a contract worth at least six, seven million on the cap. And the years. You're you're committing term. Term, no no matter what, right? Would it not be better for you to see how the player fits in before you make that type of jump too? Because you're paying a lot in the acquisition cost. You probably want to feel better about the fit and how it's going to work before you delve into an extension. Yes. And also, look, there are players that I don't think the Canucks should be looking to move right now. Yeah. Brock Besser, Connor Garland. But the offseason... And, you know, if you're in Vancouver's shoes, you hope it's an offseason celebrating a Stanley Cup victory where you've got those tough decisions to make where, look, what happened with the Vegas Golden Knights? A guy that had been there for a long time, Riley Smith, gets moved for for a cap dump. It happens. Ryan McDonough gets moved from Tampa for a cap dump. This happens to teams that have success. The problem with Vancouver over the last few years is that they've been having cap trouble without any of the success. So it's, it's just the reality of the league right now. Do the Canucks put themselves in a position by getting Lindholm, a player with that versatile skill set, with the potential, at least on paper, to be someone who could be a fit with JT Miller, could be a fit with Elias Patterson? You feel pretty good about that, and it's it's just opening up some avenues for the future while not committing to anything beyond this is a year where we've got a chance to go on a run. Yeah, We've got a pretty solid team here. Our foundation is strong, at least for this season. I'm not saying that the you know the the tooling, the retooling is complete, and they've built an absolute powerhouse. But there's no doubt that this season, the way that things are going, the Canucks are in, in a pretty good position. And <laughs> Patrick Alvine gets an extension today, and very clearly, the front office not messing around. They're not. I mean, they're not. And I mean, uh, something that they've said that they're going to do. I mean, they've been very transparent haven't they, with what they want to do, at least when uh, uh, Jim Rutherford meets with the media. And he was on, we mentioned, he was on uh, a radio station in Toronto today, and he said, maybe we make maybe we make a deal before the All-Star game. And it's like, it's literally tomorrow is when the draft happens. So when is before? Like, literally tonight. And we joked. We had Patrick Alvin on during the first segment, and we joked as soon as it was over, how long before they make a trade here? Because last time he was on the radio about the Bavillier trade, the next day they traded for Zadorov. So we know when they make, you know, make some moves. Another one is not too far away. Uh, And right now it looks like Elias Lindholm is going to be a member of the Canucks. Various reports reporting that a deal is done, him coming to Vancouver, but we do not yet know what all the parts are outside of. It looks like Kuzmenko is going to be part of the deal. Uh, Lots of reporting going on. Uh, Dolly Wall being one of them saying that um, Kuzmenko has a no-trade clause with Calgary on it, and reports have since come in that he's willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to the Calgary Flames. So it looks like Kuzmenko is going to Calgary, Elias Lindholm is coming to Vancouver. The rest, we still don't know about just quite yet. So uh, obviously, we're going to be here, and and we'll see if we end up going a little bit overtime. Like, we're, we're, we're here for this segment. Yep. We're done at six usually. Depending on how it goes, we may stay a little bit extra for those wondering. I know Dylan Nicholson's like... Uh, uh, get sad and those guys to stay an extra three hours. I'm not sure about an extra three <laughs> hours, but uh, we'll be here a little bit extra, especially if this does come down officially. Uh, there were reports as well that... Canberra Lin- can send us some pizza. Yeah. Like I said, I'll take you out for dinner after the show. You <laughs> <laughs> know, uh, uh, people texting in, what about Chris Tanev? And the, the thing is, the Canucks, like I mentioned about 
Zadorov yesterday. If they can get Chris Tanev somehow, some way, maybe just maybe they're willing to do something else on the back end. They do move out uh, Tanev or something. I mean, move out Zadorov to make room for Tanev. But it's far more complicated to do. Now, if you're getting Tanev and you're getting uh, Lindholm, both of those guys, then the cost is going to be significantly more than Kuzmenko in a first and whatever. Then it's going to be Kuzmenko first, definitely Hoaglander, maybe a higher-end prospect. Like You're talking about two of the best uh, players in the trade market, rentals on trade market as opposed to one. So the cost would be extraordinarily higher. You know? Like if, if you're a Calgary, Izzy, and Vancouver's asking you for... Tanev and Lindholm. What are you asking for back in return? If you're getting Kuzmenko, let's say you're getting Kuzmenko on a first. What else do you want? Oh, uh, you need at least I think two prospects, and you you probably you probably need another pick. Well, you, you probably a pick, and like, d- does Hoaglander or Ratu do it for you if you're trading both those guys? Uh, nah, you need. I think you need more than that. I think if that's the case, I mean, I'm sure Calgary's asking for like Willander with Lakiramaki. Yeah, and I don't. Th- I don't mean. Listen, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd be su- I'd be surprised. And perhaps a little sad because I'm, I'm a big fan of Willander's game, yeah. as people know, heading into the draft last year. I would be surprised if it's Willander for one of them, but would they be willing to move one of those guys if they're getting two of those guys back? It's quite a cost for two players that may end up being rentals for you. But for those asking, that's what it would take, I think. If you're Calgary, would you not be asking? If you're trading your two best pieces. Yeah, Hannafin's still there too, but you're trading them this he- this far ahead of the trade deadline. Well, these are the ones that everyone has is convinced there is moving. Yeah, Hannafin. There's still questions as to whether or not, given his age, and some of the reporting into negotiations earlier this season, if that's a player that they end up committing to. Um, we just know the 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 value of having that kind of of blue liner. If they are feeling like, hey, we're going to be able to get enough assets by moving Lindholm, a guy that probably isn't going to re-sign with us, and we're not comfortable offering him the the term and the the cap number that he was reportedly yeah. looking for. And then Tanev, who is just at this point in his career and where he's at on his contract, the prototypical deadline buy, a guy that every contender would love to have because of his experience, uh, the everything that he brings to a team. Mm-hmm. We saw it here in Vancouver for, yeah. for a long time. We're, we're very familiar with his game. Yeah, if, if you're Calgary and, and it's January 31st, the trade deadline's in March. Yeah, a month like, We away. still have to get through so February. For you to make this deal this far ahead of the trade deadline. You have to feel like you are getting a killing. Yeah. That, that you are getting that godfather offer that people like to, like to say. Yeah, I mean, l- l- like... Darren Dreger is now reporting and that he heard Chris Tanev's name, but is believed to be in a separate deal, not in the same deal. So we'll see how that all unfolds here. But um, yeah, absolutely uh, fascinating watching the Vancouver Canucks and watching this uh, unfold live in action right now as we try to get the latest on our te- phones ourselves, texting people live. So the show. If, if Tanev's in the deal and there's a little bit more smoke there, there right now, does that change your positioning on Willander or Lekaramaki being in the in in the trade? I think okay, if because those two guys are in that they they are alone in a tier that is like a, there's a there's a big red line under those two names. As hey, I'm not I'm not saying that I wouldn't trade them at all, but that changes. Those are the two names that change the way I think people will feel about the trade. I, I, as much as I mentioned, like I prefer to have. So, so to me, the way I view it is, if you can get um, Lindholm for a first 
Lindholm, and let's say another prospect. Let's say Aturatu, for instance. I don't. It's expensive, but I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. It's a cost of doing business. At least you're moving money out and you're making the deal, right? I would, if you're doing Hoaglander and all that, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's. I'd like to do them in separate trades. If you're doing a first and you're doing uh, Lindholm and let's say a prospect, that's not like Hiramaki or Wallander and not Hoaglander as a young player. Could you make another trade involving Hoaglander for Tanev? Hoaglander and a, and a pick, not a first, but Hoaglander, because they want a young player as well, right? Could I live with something along those lines? I can live with something along those lines. I don't love trading the Karamaki or Wallander for a rental. Neither guy. Like that, that's not what I, I, I wouldn't like to see that. If you're doing anything else, I can, I mentioned before, I'm not against you making a bold decision. I'm not afraid of trading a first round pick. I'm not tr- afraid of trading a couple of your uh, at prospects that are not in the NHL. The only two guys I don't want to move especially for rentals or like Karamaki and Willander. So that's my take on it. That's how I would like to see it happen. But as I mentioned, if you're Calgary, and to your point, you're tra- trying to make this trade now, you're probably asking for the moon. And you probably don't settle unless you get something close to the moon. Because you know, at least on Tanev, that you can take that one down to the final minutes of March 8th. And ultimately, you'll you'll be able to make something happen. Because he's just the absolute prototype for rental buy. Lindholm, a little bit more complicated with his age and maybe some teams being wary of bringing him in purely as a rental. Although the the fact that his cap hit this season is relatively low for a player that is a top six piece. Yeah. And look, there, there are a number of texts here in the 650-650 inbox where people are saying that he's not a good player, he's had a really bad year. I think those are all true this year. Like he has not had a good year, but he's he's still a, 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 he's been a top six player for a long time in this league and is not coming, at least for this season, on a huge cap hit where you have to make wild accommodations. That there is that that is a part of this discussion. This is a player who, again, yes, is having a bad year. And maybe you are trading for at low value, but you're not inheriting a long-term contract. And it's much easier to fit under the cap where, as as far as we understand, Kuzmenko being in this deal Mm -hmm. covers the cap ramifications. Tanev being involved, that that one is the, 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 I guess, the the cherry on top, if you will. It really would be. And if you are able to get, you know, your righty defenseman, and somebody's asking... Okay, uh, what does it mean working on separate trades? Let me walk walk it down. Let me kind of walk it through a little bit here. So it comes down to cap space, right? If you're trading Kuzmenko for Lindholm and you're not retaining any salary, it's money in and money out. You save a little bit of money on the cap because uh, Kuzmenko is making more than Lindholm. I think 650K, something along those lines, 700K more. So you save a little bit of cap space. But that's not enough for you to get Chris Tanev. The only way you can get Chris Tanev and Lindholm for Kuzmenko is if they retain half the salary for both those players, which be a, would be a very high cost of doing so. So if you're doing it in a separate trades, it means you're making a separate deal where more money is going out in a different way. Could it be another player? Could it be a defenseman? Could it be contingent on moving somebody else out elsewhere for you to be able to go and make that trade for Chris Tanev? So when somebody says separate deals, it means it's most likely the cap considerations that come into it. And that's why they don't come down uh, in the same type of deal. Um, we have a lot of reaction here on the text inbox, 650, 650. My favorite one here is, is this the first leg of a multi-trade 
to bring Sidney Crosby to Vancouver. Sidney Crosby just keeps <laughs> finding his way. Uh, this one says, no, you can't. You can't. You risk Tanev getting hurt the longer you hold him. So uh, you can't wait until the trade deadline. All, all fair and all that. But if you're making a trade now, you're usually looking for your ask. If you trade a player early ahead of the deadline, you're not doing it because you're getting 80 cents of the dollar. You're doing it because you're getting close to your ask. Yes. Yeah, and like I mean, look, if if unless Chris Tanev has a season-ending injury between now and March eighth for Calgary, there is a team out there that would pay something for him. We see lesser players who fit that profile still get traded because if it works out and it's not a he's he's going to be a free agent, so it's not like you're having to take that on. And I mean that that the issue with Chris Tanev and injuries has been basically there his entire career and. He's been he's he's played a lot more in Calgary I think than I would have predicted. He's had he's had a couple of bigger injuries but he hasn't missed a ton of time and he's he's played through a lot of stuff but he, I mean he played through a lot of stuff in Vancouver and and missed some time. So if the Flames do feel like hey like we can really get the ball rolling here. Um I mean we're not that far removed from people talking about is Jacob Markstrom someone who could go um and it it does look like uh, the teams that were linked there, the teams that made sense, you heard about New Jersey because of their goaltending situation. Uh, they have not really been convincing since those rumors started to say, hey, like we're a Jacob Markstrom away. And then Carolina makes sense on paper. And uh, today, Freddie Anderson was cleared to, to return to the ice. He's been dealing with some blood clotting mm-hmm. issues since November. And that's a team that we know when they're when they're good, they they are they they can be among the best teams in in the East, and their their goaltending has let them down this year. This this would be a signal from Calgary that hey we're open for business, and if if they feel like you know if they, if they do land one of these prospects or a couple of intriguing names from Vancouver, that really sets the bar for what they're trying to accomplish with moving pieces off their roster. No, it certainly does. It certainly does. And uh, we have a lot of questions and comments here about what is going on. So the Vancouver Canucks are far down the road in a trade to acquire Elias Lindholm. According to many reports, a deal has essentially been done is what the reports by various insiders are saying. It has not yet been made official. Uh, it is believed Andre Kuzmenko has waived his no trade clause and is on his way to Calgary. The other pieces, we don't quite yet know. Uh, people asking us, can you not uh, fit them all in with Susie being on IR? You can. The reality, though, with using that IR is at some point in the season, and Susie's not done for the rest of the year, he has to be reactivated. That doesn't mean you can't do it and then try to figure it out later. You certainly could. But you're going to have to figure it out well before the season ends because Susie's not expected to miss the rest of the year. He's supposed to be back with like six, seven weeks left in the season. And when that's the case, then you have to activate him. Do you have the space to activate him at that point? It doesn't mean you can't do those things like we mentioned before. I can see you doing it if it's like a few hundred K because then maybe a minor injury happens. You can you can work around that potentially and, and find your way through it. If we're talking about using, say, $3 million in LTIR space, like it's just really hard for you to bring Susie back unless somebody else gets hurt at that point. And are you willing to just let this guy stay on IR the entire season that come have him come in cold for you in the playoffs? Yeah, it's a it's a risk. Yeah. And uh, it's just it makes it unlikely. It's not impossible to answer the question. You could do the, these things. It's just very hard to manage if you do. Mm-hmm. And this is not Kucherov situation or you know Eichel Stone whatever like this is a in, in Susie a player that's now missed significant portions of time a couple times this year when he's been healthy he's been really good i'm not sure that's the kind of move that you're looking to make with uh even if you even if you're making the team better there's 
there is a huge risk element there. Uh, go ahead. So Rick Dollywall is reporting that Hunter Bustevich could be in the deal that okay. is confirmed by his agent, which would make more sense. Hunter Bustevich. Uh, listen, he's a young player. He's very talented. It makes more sense for him to be part of the deal than it does for Willander or LeCaramaca to be part of the deal. Sure. And he's a guy. He's, he's like a good prospect. A very good prospect. That there are people. He's still very early in his development, but has major fans. Right, like, and like, we're not talking about Connor Bedard. He wasn't the number one pick, where it's unanimous. This guy is going to be an NHL player. Before a player picked where he was, um, there's there's a lot. Like, he's he's a guy that you hear a lot about having big big fans, and it's entirely possible that the Calgary's in that boat. It very well could be. So uh, the latest uh, is that it could be Hunter Bustavich being one of the players going. We know Kuzmenko looks to be the player going to Calgary for Elias Lindholm. Is there some sort of a draft pick involved as well? I would imagine. I mean, piecing it together, and this is going based on the latest reports, and things can change. And Elliot Friedman saying uh, Lindholm trade is happening. Hunter Bustavich is part of the deal heading to the Flames. So we know it's going to be Brustavich, seemingly. We know it's going to be Kuzmenko. Yep. Is it going to be a first-round pick, too? So first-round pick, Kuzmenko, Brustavich, that seems to be fitting the three levels of what they're looking for, which you guys had the piece we mentioned on The Athletic. Yep. It's a first-round pick, a player on the roster that can help you now, and a prospect that has some level of pedigree. And that's your three pieces there. Now, we haven't heard a first-round pick be confirmed or mentioned, we can surmise that if some sort of a draft pick is going, it could very well be a first-round draft pick. But that seems to be a tra- trade package that Calgary would obviously be keen on doing. You're getting a prospect who's been one of the best righty defensemen uh, in um, the OHCHL so far this season. He's shown tremendous upside. Uh, I know some Canucks fans are probably sad to see him go, considering you know the talent he has. But he's a righty. Uh, that's a huge value. You have to pay something to get something. I could see Calgary being very keen on getting Hunter Bruce Davis. Like he's he's really moved up the charts as a Canucks prospect, and we wondered if he should even be in the class of Willander or Lakiramaki. Clearly not, if he's going out the door here to the Calgary Flames. But that seems to be a trade that maybe both Vancouver can live with and both Calgary can live with. Like Calgary can talk to themselves into be like, hey, we got a righty defenseman, good prospect, a player who last year scored 39 goals, plus we get a draft pick for a guy we weren't going to keep. And mm-hmm. Vancouver can spin it as, yeah, we traded a pick. Sure. Bruce Davis is a good prospect, but we have these other guys, yep. right? And where is he, he's more of a power play specialist. So down the road, how does he fit in when you have Hughes here anyways? Could you, can you look at him as somebody you could afford to perhaps move considering some other guys you have in your system? And Kuzmenko, of course, at this point, nearly a cap dump. Yeah. So if that's the deal... I think that's a deal both teams can live with. It hurts because you're trading Bustavich. I get it, but you weren't going to get a player like Lindholm without trading something significant. No, there there was there was going to be competition, and the Canucks. It's it's a weird thing to say, but by having the Kuzmenko contract as a as a dump and not having that be a contract with a ton of years left on it, makes it attractive where they can. It, it is tough to trade a right shooting prospect. We're also talking about a right shooting prospect who's far away from the NHL. You know, if he's if he's playing in the NHL in three years, that's that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you know what? For his sake, I hope I hope that he gets to Calgary, goes through their their development program uh, once he he leaves junior and is that kind of player. But that's that's a bet that I think you have to be willing to make when you've got a chance right now 
to be a team that that really goes on a run here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Kevin from North Van says, I've said Hunter twice. This is the third time, not to mention, and I don't get a mention, Kevin from North Van. He wants some praise because he mentioned uh, uh, Bruce Davis before the reports came out about Bruce Davis. So Kevin, credit to you. Kudos to Kevin for uh, calling Hunter Bruce Davis being part of the trade. Now, I will stress, this has been reported that the Canucks have acquired Elias Lindholm, and it's reported right now that uh, Brustavich could be part of the deal, and it's reported that Kuzmenko could be part of the deal. However, nothing's been yet officially confirmed by the National Hockey League or the Vancouver Canucks. That, I'm not disputing anybody's reporting, just to bring everybody up to the latest on this. So we're still waiting for the official confirmation to come down. It was mentioned uh, or reported, I think it was LeBron, everything's like a blur right now, that Elias Lindholm is currently on a plane to Calgary, so part part of the sorry to Toronto for the All Star festivities, so that could be slowing the process down in terms of this being made official. But uh, that is the latest that we have on this ongoing fluid situation. Canucks on the verge of acquiring a top six centerman. It would be a pretty big U turn if it doesn't happen, given uh, given what we've seen. Uh, but like I mean, there was you, you mentioned it earlier, the Tory Krug trade. Uh, going to Philly and that was next, but like the Kuzmenko thing has been done. This, this appears by all the reports. So if whether it's not, it might not be confirmed tonight, but by all, I think all odds either tonight, tomorrow morning, uh, Lindholm will be part of the Vancouver Canucks. A- absolutely. Now uh, let's do one more segment. We'll stay another segment. We'll do one more segment. We'll go to six 30. We'll, we'll do an extra 30 minutes. I promised I uh, I'll buy dinner for uh, Israel <laughs> fear, keeping him here a little bit extra. So we'll stay on and, and we'll see if this becomes official. If not, at least we'll talk about this a bit more. Keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar lumber text inbox six fifty six fifty. We'll interact with you and keep breaking down the Canucks on the verge of making a big trade. This could be one of the biggest trades they've made ahead of a trade deadline in a buying mode. You know, like they made that trade with the Blues, of course, back in 94. Yeah. The big trade with that team and everything. Uh, it was a bit of a different tra- type of trade. This is like a pure, we're buying trade. This might be the, the biggest trade the Canucks have made as a buyer at the deadline. Yeah. It, if like you're a, trading first. impact player. Yeah. If, and if you're trading a first, if a first is a part of it, but if you're trading a first, Bruce Davich and, and Kuzmenko. Because like you go through West Coast Express era, that was a lot of depth pieces. A lot of second round picks. 2011, you got you know Chris Higgins. Third and, and fourth. Pair. You're yeah. talking about depth players. This is a... A guy that, even though a lot of texters are saying he's, his stats are, are stinky this year, he's not yeah. having a good year. Um, he's the guy who scored 40 goals in the NHL. And uh, even the years where he hasn't been a 40-goal guy has been a, a rather productive player. All right. So uh, the trade has been made official by the Calgary Flames. The Flames have acquired Andre Kuzmenko, a 2024 first-round pick, Hunter Bustevich, Yanni Yermo, a conditional fourth-rounder from the Canucks in exchange for Elias Lindholm. The trade is official. Elias Lindholm, a member of the Vancouver Canucks. It is Brustevich, Kuzmenko, Yanni Yormo, a first-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick by the Calgary to the Calgary Flames. The Canucks have made a massive move ahead of the trade deadline. We are going to talk about this a lot more here. You know what? Let's just go an extra couple minutes because the trade officially just came down. Uh, it's Satyar Shaw with um, Israel Fair. So now we know the price. Your, to me, Yormo is a bit of a throw-in. I, I think, honestly, Yormo's Sure, I mean he's a prospect. I think the Canucks like are opening up a roster spot essentially. That's the way I view Yanni Yormo being mm-hmm. part of the trade. That um, he's a guy who hasn't really progressed the way they had hoped 
right when he was first drafted he has some flaws in his game I don't think he's ever going to be an NHL player I'm not sure there's a pathway for him to even come and, and play in Abbotsford if they want to invest in him in that way and if that's the case you getting the contract off your books is favorable so I think that you're I think that's it might be a more of a throw-in from Vancouver than it is, you know, giving the Calgary Flames something extra. Yeah, it, it, you know, at most, I would imagine just depth, defensive depth for for that team and the conditional fourth. I we don't know what the condition is yet. I don't imagine that it's linked to signing an extension. I don't I would think that's allowed it has anymore. Something to do with uh, going deep in the playoffs. Yes, yes, I would imagine that's it because I don't. They, you can't link conditional deals to contract extension right. anymore so it would have to be team success yeah yeah so uh, I, what we've seen recently is a lot of um making the conference final yeah as being one that that triggers an, an extra pick going where you get two playoff rounds out of a player uh off the top of my head i, I do remember that was the case when winnipeg traded uh, andrew cop to the rangers uh, and i believe that that's also been the case for a, at least a couple of other ones and so that's Look, if you're giving up a fourth round pick after you've made the conference finals, uh, that's one that I think I think fans can live with that. You can't. And honestly, like, you know, the fact that Canucks made this trade without trading Hoaglander, without trading Lakaramaki, not trading Willander, honestly, even, you know, Atu Ratu, who who I do like, and even put Coles in, right? And you're trading, yes, Bruce Savage is a good prospect, but it's one you, you never know how these things are gonna go with him, right? Like third round pick had a really good year, but you're all you're trading is essentially your first round pick. And, and a decent prospect. I don't know. I like this trade for Vancouver. Like to me, it's it's not an, an, a ridiculous price. And I said right off, the, I, didn't, I wouldn't like it if they would have kept if they had Hoaglander in it. You did. I said I wouldn't like it if they had like Karamaki in it. I wouldn't like it if they had Willander in it. Those are the guys I didn't want to see. Even put Colson. I was like, ah, I don't love moving put Colson in this trade. So considering all those things, uh, I I think this is. A, I mean, hey, it's not cheap, but it's, it's certainly not a a sticker shock trade. It's really not a sticker shock trade. No, it's not. Um, especially when, look, when you see five assets going out for one, maybe that gets people's attention. But when you actually, as you just did, Sat, investigate what each asset is, who's Menko being a cap dump, the conditional pick being something that, completely speculating here, is, is linked to, to the team going on a playoff run. Yermo being a guy who, you know, if things work out is maybe, you know, an eight or a nine on, on a depth chart. Uh, at the, the the pro level in, in North America, it's not exactly um, something that the you know the Canucks will will rue the day uh, at least in terms of the projections at this point for this prospect. Yeah, no, certainly does. Uh, and uh, get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox six fifty six fifty. What do you think about this trade? Let us know. Are you happy that the Vancouver Canucks have acquired Elias Lindholm? What do you think of what they have given up? We'll get more of your reaction, more analysis. The Canucks acquiring Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames for first-round pick, a conditional fourth-round pick, uh, prospect Yanni Yormo, Hunter Brustevich for Elias Lindholm. The Canucks make a massive move. We'll talk about what that means as Canucks Central keeps going here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, And we have to tell you, the iconic Coors Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game, and it just made a stop in Vancouver, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes. On February 1st and 2nd from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., look for its frozen tracks at Robson Square for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. Learn more at CoorsLight.ca slash the chill train. More coming up next on Sportsnet 650.